You're listening to sermon audio from Gospelite Baptist Church. For more resources or to donate to this ministry, please visit gospelite.org. This, my friends, is a vision message, and I'm excited. I've already preached it once at the uh, 9 o'clock service, and so I'm excited to do it again. Um, and if you are a guest today, you came on the right Sunday. It's, it's, a, it's a little different type of a message. For instance, next Sunday, I'll start a six-week sermon series, and that's kind of how uh, I usually approach Sundays is uh, a series of messages that, are, that help us with an area of our lives. But this morning, it's kind of a standalone message, and it has a lot to do with what the Lord has been leading us as a church family, uh, as a church leadership, I should say. Our elders, our staff uh, have been talking about this for about three months. How are we going to approach the new year? Well, last year was the year of the child, and we saw a lot of breakthroughs because of that theme. For instance, we introduced a new children's pastor to our church. We've been making some renovations and some changes over there already. We've scheduled a, uh, a camp for children this summer uh, that we're excited about. That's going to be awesome. We're really thrilled about the camp. We've also uh, working on a children's program starting on Wednesday nights soon that will coincide with uh, the Madhouse and some other small groups so that children can come. Uh, not an Awana program Exactly, but something like that where Wednesday nights become an activity night for children as well. So there's a lot going on. Basically, we are beginning to reap in 2019 what we sowed in 2018 with the emphasis on the year of the child. So this year, we decided let's, let's focus on the year of the church. And there's several reasons for that. We thought, you know, first of all, let's take the first four months and let's focus on our campus. You know, there, there, there's some things that we need to think about uh, when it comes to stewarding this property that God's given us and all these buildings. And it's exciting and beginning to look at it through the lens of Scripture and really ask ourselves some some not hard questions, but some healthy questions about this campus. The third, the next four months, the second four months, we'll talk about our community. What does it look like to be a local church in a community like Hot Springs? If you've lived here as long as I have, you know, this community has a lot of needs a lot of ways we can partner with other organizations to feed the hungry, to, to reach out to those who are uh, sick and in need, even to be a part of baptisms like we were this morning through a ministry called Gethsemane House. Amen. And as a result of our partnership with them, we're able to see things like that. That's community, church. That's what that's about. Then the last four months, we're going to talk about our calling. To be honest, that's why tomorrow night is going to be big because our calling is evangelism. It is reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So tomorrow night, I fully expect to get a lot of ideas and to be inspired as a result of hearing messages about the calling of the church to evangelize the nations. So we are excited about this year, but we're going to focus on our campus today. And we're going to introduce some things to you. You know, for 20, this year, we will celebrate 27 years at Gospel Light. It's a long, that's a long time. 27 years. Yeah. Thank you. It's a great accomplishment. Something to rejoice about. Uh, we have, we're also celebrating 27 years. Really same lo- locale right here. I mean, downtown, hot springs. Uh, you know, oftentimes when a church, you know, makes a move, it usually moves out of the city. Because first of all, it, you just can't pick up property in the city. If you're going to grow, it's really hard. If you're in a neighborhood to grow a church because you got to just mow houses down and you got to kind of, you know, elbow your way to, to do anything, especially 
you know, if you're going to have a church, a school, a college, and, you know, the things that God's called us to do. Uh, but we have, by God's grace, somehow he allowed us to do it right here in the heart of the city. I remember when we first started Gospel Light, I'll tell you about the three campuses we, we, we had. First of all, the first campus was a very, little church history here, was a very small campus. It was a storefront building. Uh, in fact, this week I gave a tour to a visiting guest of our campus. And I ended up going over to what's now our Spanish church in our original building. And I, they wanted to see where our first auditorium was. I said, I can, I can show you. I can actually show you the first auditorium we ever had. So we went inside this room. And basically it is 16 feet wide. It is 80 feet long. It's still there, and it has a wall. They have, they have split the room uh, with a wall, but if you took that wall down, you could stand and, and look. It's kind of a shotgun type of a feel. Uh, I often refer to it like a two-lane bowling alley, you know, really. And it was real long, real thin, and uh, we three years. Three years. I mean, that was a long time in a very small building, uh, kind of wondering, hey, what is God doing here? We were busting at the seams. But it was our campus. We loved it. We didn't have any parking. Zero. I don't mean like, I mean none. Like street parking. That's it. There was no parking stalls. There was no, you know, widow's parking. There was no nothing. No curbside service. Okay. It was just in the hood. You know, you you park on grass if you're lucky. And it was just tight, tight, tight. Well, fortunately, we were in a really bad neighborhood at the time that allowed us to pick up some of the houses around the neighborhood. So we were able to expand Finally, we bought every house on the corner of 4th and South, and we kind of owned that whole corner, and we came up with this idea to expand our campus. I'm using that word because I I have a a, a goal in mind, okay? So we expanded our campus, and we built what became our second campus. And it was about a, I guess if you packed it out, I mean packed it out, you could fit 450 people. That would be choir loft packed all the way to the altar type full. But it's a very nice building. It's still being used today by our Spanish church. They're doing a great job. I got to see that, you know, a little bit this week when I went over there. So that was our second campus. We loved it. And I remember the, 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 I want you to write these three words down. This might be a good time to write them down. They're in your notes. Each one of these moves, even the first move required prayer. It required a lot of prayer. I mean, we, you know, when you don't have much, when you're just kind of looking for anywhere, somehow, you got to cry out to God and say, Lord, you know, what do you, can you do something to save us here? We've got to have a building. We prayed. Secondly, we had faith. We had to step out by faith. I mean, every move you ever make for God, especially when it comes to the church, it takes faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And back in those days, it did. It took a lot of faith. You know, we didn't have much, but you know, God provided. Just put our trust in him, stepped out by faith. Somehow, some way, I have no time, really, very little time to share stories this morning. I would love to because they're cool. In fact, I told a story yesterday at the retirement center that Sonia had never heard before about our church. And she said, I've never heard that. And I thought, man, I got to get back to telling some of these great stories that have happened historically in our church. But I wish I could tell you all the things that required faith. Thirdly, they've all required sacrifice. We just never have been able to just say, this is going to be easy. It's going to be no problem. You know, we got 17 millionaires in the church. We just need all you guys to give a little extra. Hey, everybody else can just kind of sit back and, you know, no problem. We've never been able to do that. Wouldn't that be great? I don't know if it would be. Honestly, I kind of like it this way. I like scraping and crawling and being in the trenches. And I love it, man. I tell you, this is God's calling for gospel light. This is not a church of the rich and famous. This is a church of just of diversity. 
you know, uh, we, we just love it, how God's done it, just by faith, by prayer, and by sacrifice. So that second move was exciting. Then we began to see the, the campus move this direction from 3rd Street to 4th and to 5th and, 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 to, and to Hobson and to Rector and to Garland and to Ward Street. And it began to move in this direction as we would pick up pieces of property. And then ultimately, the heritage that is on this campus called Second Baptist Church, 50 years of, of campus history, 50 years of, of salvations and baptisms and and, and great revival preachers that were preaching on this corner, uh, we became the next recipient of that history when God allowed us to buy these facilities in this campus from Second Baptist Church. In fact, it's interesting, you know, hardly a week goes by, and if a week does go by, then I can assure you there are some weeks I get multiple conversations like this. In fact, this week I, I had a conversation like this. On the way out, someone said something in response to what I'm about to tell you. They said, oh yeah, I'm one of those people that was saved at Second Baptist Church. I, and they go to church here now, and, and but they were saved and baptized, right? Saved here, baptized in that baptistry for 50 years that's been happening on this campus. So in, in reality, when you talk about the history of gospel life, you really have to include more history than just our church. There's something about this campus. It's been amazing. Now, each transition we've made, each transition we've made, there has been during that time what I would call a season of jubilee. I mean, a season of blessing, a season of growth. In other words, it just feels right to talk about this this vision every time we've seen that happen. It's been Man, this is exciting. The building is full. People are driving off and, and, and we're going to, you know, that was the first building. It was just, it seemed right. There were so many exciting things going on that the church was wide open to what God may do. And I, I would say the same thing about when God opened the door for us to get these buildings. It was miracle after miracle after miracle, prayer, faith, and sacrifice. It was so exciting to be able to stand in, at the con- in front of the congregation at that time and share vision as to what God might do if we stepped out by faith. And I feel that way about today, 2019, and, and this message. I really do. I, little things. Little handfuls on purpose. Little things. Like, a little thing that happened this week was Ken Wagner got a phone call from a hotel in town that was selling all their padded chairs. I like padded. Can I get an amen for padded? Because for 26 years, all we've ever had around here, really, other than uh, uh, the pews and a few padded chairs that we've used in auditorium settings... We've always just had, you know, for the college, for the school, for the cafeteria, for the, everything. It's always just been folding chairs, you know. And, and by the way, they, they break after a while. They rust. But that's all we had. We've got now, Ken, are you here? How many were there? 250 padded chairs that they gave to us. So, we, yeah, we called Nathan uh, Day, and then we called the Gethsemane House, and they sent five guys. We loaded 250 chairs, brought them to the campus. Ken checked it out online to buy those chairs new, it would have been literally, no exaggeration, thousands of dollars to get those chairs. Now, all of our classrooms, our cafeteria, all of our everything has padded chairs. Man, listen, that's exciting. Amen? Yeah, I like it. Sure. Uh, This past week, Mark Cantrell called and said, preacher, man, listen, man, I I tell you, I've been looking for a van for a year. Because we need a new van. Our vans are just old and they run barely, but they run. You know, they're just old and 200. I think the one's got 200 and 
You think 75,000 miles or something? Yeah, it's okay. Hey, praise God, right? But we've been praying for a, something. Well, you know, a van, you get 15, 20,000, and you're still at 2,015 or 16, you know, and, and, or 14 could be that much with low mileage. And we've just been praying and holding off, and we could have borrowed just a little bit of money to work it out. And Mark said, man, I'm the deacon over transportation. Preacher, you've entrusted me with it. I, I don't want to do that. Let's just keep, we kept waiting and waiting. He called me this week. He said, preacher. The V, the VF, who is it? VA called and said, uh, listen, we got a van, 2014, pretty low mileage, perfect condition, and we'll sell it to you. And we had the money in the bank, in the bus fund, plus Mark had a bus he could sell and get a little, long story short, we paid cash for a van this week. Amen? A beautiful van. I mean, all this stuff's happening. And, and these are just, I don't have time to go into multiple stories, little things. I'm not, I know it's not huge in my, but they're cool things that just kind of give you the warm fuzzies. Like, God, you're so cool. You're doing something. But I know, God, that everything's not just free. It doesn't just come by phone call. You're calling your church to do something. And so as I share these things with you, I, I want to begin to share a, a little vision with you about our campus. We're talking about the inside of our campus. We're talking about the outside of our campus. You know, there's a lot of campus here. There's almost, I think, as far as properties altogether, there's somewhere in the vicinity of, you know, eight to ten acres of property. There are you know, almost 200,000 square foot of buildings if you look at everything and all the different places and houses and all of it. And, and, and it's, it's, they're old. A lot of them are old. And, and, and the campus, uh, there are upgrades and renovations that would help. And then there are, and some of you can kind of feel that on Sunday mornings and see that a little bit. If you work here during the week, sometimes you know because you wear a jacket all week in the buildings. Amen. Digna, right? You know, and to keep it, put a space here. By. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of needs we have. And it's all good. Nobody complains. But it's exciting uh, to know what God could do if, if, we, if we'd step out. So uh, then the outside. The outside of our facilities, the landscape, all the properties, all the bushes and the plants and the flowers and the weed eating and the mowing. And, and so finally we are putting together, and it should launch in about a week, a team of people that are going to just, uh, really invest in the campus on the outside, the landscape, and begin to take a small budget that we provided through our budget in our church and begin to spend that on updating and improving the outside, because most of the outside work, it's not money work, it's just labor, it's just hours, it's just people, it's just saying, hey, we're willing to invest, we're willing to be a part of the property here at Gospel Light. So we're putting a team together, and that team is meeting and getting ready to launch, it's going to be a beautiful thing. There's also the inside of our church, and so I want to take some time right now, as we look to the year of the church, our campus, and I want your attention for a few moments. I've already got... The green light from the Holy Spirit, from the elders, the leadership. We're already super excited. Now it's my, my great honor to try to connect with your heart. So if you would, let's take a look at Second Chronicles real quick. And I'm just going to jump right in. I've just got five thoughts, six thoughts, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a, and a handout at the end. Second Chronicles chapter number two. Basically, I'm going to just introduce the message with a text that you can look at on your, in your Bibles or, or, or iPhones or pads. And, and ultimately, what we see here is Solomon speaking about this house. Now, we know when we talk about the church, the church is not bricks and mortar in a building in a sense of God has established his temple, his kingdom in us. We understand that. But thankfully, God's also established what we call buildings or temples or places of worship. 
These are properties. We're calling it a campus this morning that God has entrusted us with, just like he did here with Solomon. It says in verse 1 of Second Chronicles 2, Now Solomon purposed to build a temple for the name of the Lord. Man, David had planned it. David had given him the vision. David had written the script, which we're going to look at in just a moment. But Solomon had the privilege. And here was Solomon's opinion of it. Look at verse 4 of Second Chronicles 2. Behold, behold, I'm about. He hadn't done it yet. And we hadn't done what I'm talking about yet. So I'm, I'm about to talk to you. But he said, I'm about to build a house for the name of the Lord. And I'm going to dedicate it to him for the burning of incense of sweet spices before him and of the regular arrangement of the showbread and for burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbaths and the new moons and the appointed feast of the Lord our God as ordained forever for Israel. Pay attention to verse 5. Because the house that I'm going to build, it's going to be great because our God is greater than all gods. Solomon was pumped. He was like, man, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm about to do this. I'm about to share something with you, and I'm pretty fired up about it. So I hope you expect no less from me. I hope you would expect me to have the same enthusiasm Solomon had. I hope you would expect your pastor to to, to not come up here down and discouraged about the church, but excited about what God's doing, because this truly is God's church. We are his church. These are God's buildings. This is his campus. And I'm thankful to be a part of it. So let me give you quickly six ways why David was able to use God to plan and build a great house for his God. And we're going to look at some things while we look at these points. And uh, it's going to be good. Here we go. Number one, you ready? Here it is. David realized that the house or the campus, if you will, was God's campus. It was God's house. It was God's campus. You know, for years, I have had this, I don't know if you want to call it addiction, if you want to call it a kind of an excessive compulsive thing. I'd just like to call it a spiritual thing, but maybe it's not. I don't know. You, you make your decision. So I can't walk through this property. I really can't. I just can't do it and see a piece of trash and walk by it. I just can't do it. I, 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 I'm not talking. I mean, literally it, it, it's either a compulsion or it's just, man, I realized what David realized. This is God's campus. And so when I walk through the campus, I oftentimes walk in the building. I've got both hands full of trash. It's just me. I'll find a trash can. I'll have to wash my hands after. I was at Magnolia, Arkansas with the basketball team on Friday night. I drove them up there. And um, and we got there. And, and so I parked, dropped them off up front, the whole team. And I went to park the, the, the bus. Park the bus. I always park it far away. And, you know, just, just I don't know why I do it. Anyway, <laughs> park it far away. Get some, get some walking in, right? And I'm walking back to the... The gym, the, the, the gym that the church and school owns there in, it's not even my church, it's, it's their church. It's, but I walk and, I, and I'm getting close to this massive piece of trash. A lot of people go into the ball game and I watch six people step over the trash. I mean, it's big. It was a big piece of trash. And I mean, just, just walking over. And I got to it, honestly. It was just one of those things where I thought, somebody's got to pick up that trash. And I just picked, it was nasty. So I picked it up like this. I held it far away. Because it was dripping with water and dirt and mud. I got to the nearest trash can. I dropped it in. And you know, I just felt like that was something that you should do because it's God's house. This is not reproof preaching. This is encouraging preaching to say, you know what I realized before I preach this message? This is not Eric's church. This is God's church. This is not, I don't own the property. My name's not on the property. I know some churches, it could be a little shady. It ain't here. All right. This is not owned by the pastor and his family. This is not owned by the elders. 
This, my friends, is, is God's campus. And yes, there's a, a, a church called Gospelite. We're God's church. It belongs to Him. And you know what? If there is a piece of trash or a burnt bulb, a light bulb, or, or, or an area in the campus that we can do something about, you know, personally, I pick up trash around my house. My campus, my personal campus that I make a mortgage payment on myself is 621 Third Street. That's where I live. It's like a half block away from our campus. About three blocks, four blocks away from where you're standing. Yesterday, you can ask my crew. I, I rarely ever can sit down. I'm probably, it's probably, I've got issues, I know. But I, I get home and I just want to get me a rake and I want a rake and I want to clean my yard and I want to go to the back this week. I got all the trash cleaned out of my backyard and, and, I, and I had a, a limb falling on my neighbor's house and, and she, was, she was a little nervous because it was really bad. And so I spent some money to get somebody to cut that limb so it wouldn't... Man, they were so thankful. Thank you. Because I think I'd be liable if it's my tree falling on their house. So I got a little nervous. I took care of it. And, 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 and all of that. Why? Because that's, 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 that's my house. You know? I, I don't have a problem taking care of my house. For some reason, there's a disconnect. For some reason, this is just, you know, like McDonald's or something sometimes. You know, we just look at it like it's not my deal. It's no big deal. It's... And I think what we should understand is it is a big deal. This is God's house. This is God's property. This is God's campus. And man, I want to, in my heart, I want to own that thought. I want to buy into that thought. And it takes prayer, faith, and sacrifice to do that. It changed my vision when I think about it that way. Number two, I think, uh, did I give you the verse yet? I didn't give you the verse. Let's let's throw that verse up. It says here, but for the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. David said, this is David speaking in 1 Chronicles 29, not Solomon. David said of the house, this is not for man, it's for God. Okay, I love that. All right, next thought. David, secondly, saw something for his children and future generations. The reason why David planned a great plan to build God's house, the reason why David went all out, the reason why David bought into the vision it's because he realized this is not just for me. This is for my children and their children and my children's children and on and on it goes. You see, all five of my children have been raised in this church. All five. Mo's the only one not born in this area. He's born in California and we brought him across the country when he was one years old. So all of my family, all of my kids have been born and raised on this corner and baptized in, in, in this church. I mean, I, that's all I know. I mean, I, I owe a great debt for the legacy of gospel light. And as I get older, I, I'm 53 now, I begin to realize, wow, I don't just have my kids here. I got my kids' kids here now. I got five grandkids. I mean, when you stay long enough to see that, it gets pretty exciting. And if you go all the way back to June 7th of 1992... Many of you, many of you could share some sort of generational testimony. I get it. Many of you could. In fact, half the church has some kind of generational illustration if you've been a member here for 10 years. You know, God's, God's given you some sort of a way to say, man, wow, I've been here long enough to see this and this and this. But let me just go back to 1992. And if you would, just dim the lights for just a second. I want to show you some pictures and then we'll turn the lights back up. I just want you to see. This is Cliff and Bobby Kaufman. You can turn the lights on the stage too. It's good. So Cliff and Bobby, they were the original members of our church. They, they came to Gospel Light in 1992. They joined Cliff 
Uh, Bobby went to heaven about 12 years after we started the church. And Cliff went to heaven here about two years ago. But they were here. They were, when they came to Gospel Light, they were older. That's about what they looked like when they came to Gospel Light. They were an older family. And, but they invested. They gave. They loved. And then they had a young lady. It was their daughter. And she was much, much younger. She was probably in her 30s at the time when we started the church. Her name was Sonia Chittam. Sonia had a husband by the name of Dave. And Sonia and Dave, they were generationally connected to that family. So you've got the Kaufmans, the, the, the old Kaufmans, the, the, the grandpa and grandma. And then you've got the daughter and the son-in-law. And they had a boy named Luke. When they joined the church, Luke Chittam who wasn't married to Desi at the time, was in the seventh grade. I'll never forget, I announced we're going to have a youth activity. And I, and I asked to that Sunday morning service, we had seven or eight teens there. I said, look, Pastor Capace is hosting a youth activity on Saturday. It's going to cost $5. We are going bowling and to Wendy's. It's going to be amazing. Everybody wants to come. It's only $5. It's going to be awesome. Starts at 6 o'clock. I showed up at the church. Dave and Sonia dropped off that guy right there. He was in the seventh grade. He's about as skinny as his son Ezekiel at that time. No joke. Luke comes up and he gives me his $5 and he says he's ready. Six, six oh five, six ten. It's just me and Luke. I'm looking at Luke. I'm thinking, well, you know, we'll hang in there a little bit longer. I'm sure, I'm sure they're just late. You know, we kept waiting. It's not 620. Nobody showed up. I looked at Luke. I gave him his $5 back. I said, we're going bowling in the Wendy's on me. Amen. I think I can afford it. And we went on the first youth activity 26 years ago. But I've been here long enough to see him find his precious bride who's staying in our worship team this morning. And you see, since they've been here, they've had three. All three. Right here at this church. You see the generations? This is awesome. This is how it works. And I have a feeling I'm still pretty young. I might stay long enough. I know Luke and Desi don't want to hear this. But I might be here long enough. I mean, not that part. Hopefully, they're okay with that. But they're not, they're not going to be okay with this. I might be here long enough to see Isabella and her husband, whoever that is. And he, don't, you're not in here, okay? Don't even think about it. <laughs> if you think you are, you're not, okay? But I might be here long enough for Isabella. Wouldn't that be something? Here's what I'm saying. You know, then, then you've got... Uh, Lydia was another one of their children. He, she's married to Johan, and here's their two children. And it just goes on and on. I mean, the numbers just began to expand because, and you can turn all the lights up again. Thank you, Nate. Because here's the deal, church. We're dealing with generations here. David saw more than just the moment. David didn't see the vision and say, well, watch this and complain and oh, I don't know about this and I don't know about that and what about... He, he said, wait a minute. We got to think about our, our children here. In church, would you not agree? We need to think about the children for the sake of the children. 90% of the way I'm thinking these days has to do with the next generation. Because you see, I'm 53 now and I, I see less years in front of me than I do behind me as far as what I'm doing right now. And as a result of that, I'm thinking more about the next generation. What about our bus ministry? How crazy is that that you can go all... Listen, I went to Willie McCoy's funeral last week. Willie was a legend in our city. A legend. Willie was a captain on the police force, and, and, and Willie was a board member at the Boys and Girls Club, and he started a, all kinds of great Christian. He went to Don Costley's church, St. Mark, on Crescent Af- Avenue. Willie had a 1,000 people at his funeral. 1,000. 
I parked four blocks away, man. Had to walk forever. It was 10 degrees. It was crazy. I finally got to that service, and Don was pretty. Man, you ever been to a black funeral? Man, I'll change your life. Amen. I thought mine were good. Whew, I got a lot to learn. It was a celebration like you've never seen before. Dancing and praising and shouting and singing and preaching. And man, I got finished with that. I must have had a dozen people come up to me at that funeral and say, Hey, Brother Eric, I used to ride your bus. I go to Pastor Mark's church now. Thank you for picking me up. I got saved and baptized at Gospel Light. But I go to this church now. I'm okay with that. Amen. I'm okay with that. Because that church is, is, is still God's church. Amen. But the bus ministry has a generational blessing as well. The Christian school, uh, uh, the madhouse, all these, the kids like the mini lights. It's all about the next generation. Number three, David saw something for every member of the congregation. Every member. You see, what happens is sometimes we can get kind of territorial about our church and we sort of think, well, you know, it's just for this age group or just this age group. But in my mind, I'm thinking it's for all of us. In fact, that's what David was thinking. Look at this verse. David said, now, therefore, in the sight of all Israel, not only just quoting a portion, but if you read the massive text below it, it's the plans for the building of the temple. He said, I want to talk to everybody about this. Because everybody needs to have a part. Every, every age group. I mean, whether you are rich or poor, you need to have a part. Whether you are young or old, you need to have a part. Whether you are a man, a woman, or a child, every member. One of the great things about Gospelite that I personally enjoy, we're not there yet, but we're getting there even more than we already are, and that is the diversity of our church. You know, you don't see one category of people here, church. Amen. You don't see one category. You don't see one group. You don't see one nation, tribe, tongue. You see them all. I mean, this is a very diverse congregation. And you throw in the Spanish church. You throw in the C4C ministry. The community center where we minister to 80 kids every morning in that building who have been either kicked out of a public school or have other serious issues. And they go to school in our building over there on Belding Street. And, and it's amazing the impact that we're going to have through that program. It's, it's incredible. See, we're not, we're not about one class of people here. We're, we're just about reaching all people. And so the church, as we cast this vision, we want everyone to realize that it's not just, you know, one, one group we're catering to. You know what's happened to me as, as I've gotten older? I've realized something. As I transition, I find myself... Holding on and letting go at the same time. You know what I'm talking about? It's funny. I'm, I'm doing both at the same time. I, I'm letting go of things that honestly are not that important. This is still a big deal. I, I, I'm letting go of things that I was holding on to that it was just ridiculous. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm fighting battles I don't need to be fighting. I'm dying on mountains I don't need to die on. I'm, I'm making a big deal about things that aren't even in the Bible. You know what I've been doing about those things? Letting go. But I'll tell you what else I've been doing. I've been holding on. I'm holding on to the truths of God's word, the principles in God's word. The gospel will not change. Amen. To be honest, I don't think I'm any different a preacher than I was, you know, 26 years ago. I mean, I, my, even my style has not changed a whole lot. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is I'm holding on. I'm letting go. Why? Because the, I want to help everybody. I, I don't want this church to become, I did, I did not want this church to become just an old and stale and bunch of grunchy, gr- uh, uh, what is grunchy, gr- uh, grouchy, grumpy. Thank you, honey. Uh, you're never grumpy. Anyway, um, 
grumpy, grouchy members. I, I want this church to be a church that's alive and kids are running up and down the aisles. And man, listen, Scott Mercer's small group this week had more kids than adults. He had 14 adults in his small group and 26 kids. Scott has had to hire two people just to take care of the kids. If they pull out and start their own church, we're in trouble. They got like 50 the first Sunday. And a future that's bright. 26 kids. Are you with me? What am I saying? We got we to we help everybody. And so... In just a little bit, I'll throw something in here that's exciting. Many of our proposed campus upgrades and additions affect every member uniquely. For instance, one of the upgrades that you'll see when you walk out and get your packet is you'll see we want to add, a, I think it's called like a mother's room or a, some call it a cry room. But it's going to be, we've designed to put it in that corner. It'll, it'll take up some of the wasted space in the, in the ladies' bathroom in the lobby and then it'll come out just a little bit. And it'll be, a, a, there'll be a window there with, audio inside. Isn't that going to be good? I've never had a cry room in 26 years. Now, I know that, listen, I know that's not going to make a big difference in heaven, but if it'll help me reach a few more mothers, I'm, I'm for it. It'll be good. Another proposed change we've got is to put an entrance in right here because we've just got two entrances in the back and two entrances in here. And sometimes it's just a little bit easier to enter somewhere where, you know, first of all, there's not as much disruption. Second of all, it's a better exit for security purposes and if somebody needs to slip out. So we're going to take this, renovate it, and put a new nice door into the auditorium from the atrium. That's a nice little cool change. We're going to put new doors on the front of the building because you may not know this because you just use them once a week, but they're very old and, and rusty and, and there's some security issues with those. They're, they're just doors that are about 40 years old. And, and so we're looking at putting some new doors there. All this is if. I don't, it's not... Stuff we know we're going to do. We're just proposing it. That word proposed is, the, is a great word today. There's a lot of different things. We propose to take the pews out and put chairs instead of pews. And so we're working on these pews are older and, and they don't create enough diversity. We can't use this building for, there's no middle aisle. We'd love to have a middle aisle. I know, I know brides like a middle aisle. That's a small thing, isn't it? But it could be a, a benefit to a lot of in the future. So little things like that. So there's a lot of things that we've just said, hey, these are propositions. There's 20 of them all together that would upgrade and renovate our campus. Lights. As you well know, you've seen the problem we have with the lights. And it's just old lighting systems and wires that have never been tended to. And a lot of issues with those things that we're going to work on. And we want to upgrade our lights and our sound and some of the technology in this auditorium and things of that nature. And there's many others, small, some large, but all of them are meeting different needs. Mini lights, kids lights. It's exciting. Number four, David was willing to invest in the house of God. One of the reasons why it's so easy for me to talk with passion is because you're looking at a pastor who invests in the house of God. I love this place. I invest my time, my money, my family. I'm in this thing. I mean, it's not just, and I don't just, you know, I, I don't, I, I, it's not just like a little tip to me. This is my life. This is my, I don't, I don't have hobbies. I don't fish. I don't hunt. I don't golf. I mean, it's all good. I, I, I like that stuff, I guess. I just need to borrow your pole, your clubs, and your gun. I just don't, I, I kind of like just hanging out here. You say, what do you do? I drive buses. I love it. I drove a bus the other night. I, I love it. I, it's fantastic. You say you love it? Yes. What? You tell me what's better. 
driving to Magnolia with 30 kids, looking in the mirror and just seeing the future of the, of the world, having fun, talking, singing, or sitting on a deer stand at 10 degree weather, staring at nothing. I'm doing the right thing, man. I'm having a great time. You stay in your deer stand, I'm going to drop buses. I love it. That's my hobby. I'm just being fun. I'm having fun. You, if you know me, you know I'm not being critical. I'm just having fun. But I love it. I love the ministry. I love everything about it. I love, I love coming up here sometimes and just working on the, on the property, just cleaning bathrooms and, 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 and cleaning trash. It's just fun to me. It's weird. I mean, you can ask my, my Zoe. I mean, it drives me crazy. Sometimes, son, I need some help moving stuff up at the church. He's dad, it's like it's, it's Thanksgiving holidays. I know, son. Just an hour. Just an hour. I'll pay you 10 bucks. Okay, dad. As soon as you say money, he's in every time. So <clears throat> I love it. This is my life. So I'm investing. So it's easy for me to talk about this. Look at this verse. Second Chronicles 29. So I have provided for the house of my God. This is cool. This is cool. You got to hang on here. David says this. I provided so far as I was able. The gold, things of gold, silver, things of silver, bronze, things of bronze, iron, things of iron, wood, things of wood. It's got all his building materials. Beside great quantities of onyx and stones of setting, antimony, colored stones, all sorts of precious stones and materials. A lot of different materials will be needed. But this is the key verse. Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own. Of gold and silver. I love it. Moreover, all that other stuff, let me tell you. I've got something of my own I'm going to give. I'm willing to invest some of my money, some of my time, yes. But honestly, I don't want you to be bow out with just time. Time is good, but we're really talking more about resources here because that's what it's going to take. And so we're talking about David saying, I'm willing to do that. And this, of course, is above the time. We, we would not want anybody to give anything to anything. Missions, the bus... I wouldn't put my kid in the Christian school if I wasn't tithing. I mean, your first responsibility is that. That is, that's obedience. That's obedience. And nothing else to me is worth even talking about until you're at least doing that. But after you're giving a tithe or some percentage of your income, and that's why we're here today, by the way. It's not because of this offering that we're talking about. It's because of tithes that we're even sitting in this building, that the lights are on, that the air is on. That's why we're here. It's because of your sacrificial giving on a weekly basis. That's, what, that's God's financial plan for the church. So we're talking about something above that, of your own. And there's ways that you can do that. There's creative ways you can give. In fact, in the little booklet you get, you'll read, you can give spare change. If you just saved $2 a week in spare change, you would be given 104 over the period of a year, which is how long this is, this is going to last. Increase your giving. You could just increase your giving slightly. You could reduce your vacation budget. Eliminate one coffee per week or whatever your favorite kind of habitual drink is, you know. Eliminate one fast food trip per week. Eliminate one meal out per week. And you come up with thousands of dollars by just doing that. It's crazy. In other words, just if we just eliminated some of the little benefit, we could find a way to invest in the house of God. It's so cool. It's so revealing. It's exciting. Number five. David was in love with the house of God. He loved it. Look at this verse in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 3. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. Because I love it, I give it. You see, where your treasure is, there will your heart 
You, you give to what you love. Man, listen, I have, I have no problem giving to my kids and my wife. I love them with all of my heart, mind, body, and soul. I give them anything. I give them a I'll give them everything. I mean, I, I'm telling you, there's nothing I will not give within reason, within my power to my family. And you're the same way, I hope. I, I believe you are. I love that. But you know what? God says, I need to love him so much, I'd be willing to forsake my own family. I'm not going to do that. And God's not asking you to do that. But in comparison to your love for your family, you should love God so much that it would seem like you'd even be willing to leave them to follow him. Amen. Now that blows people's minds, but it illustrates this truth. That when we love God with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul, we love his church. And I understand we are the church, but God has given us tools buildings, a campus to reach people, to baptize people. What a, what a great display of God's power this morning in the water. Amen. What a great, I'm glad I was here to see that. Amen. And on and on we could go. I was saved on this campus over there on third and South. I was born again right here in this campus. I love my church. I have, I still have a coffee cup from the year that we our theme was, I love my church. I still got, you come to my house, you're going to see little magnets, their hearts. And it's on the fridge. It says, I love my church. I love this church with all of my heart. I love it. Number six, David was willing to ask others to get involved. Last thought and a couple comments. He was willing to ask others to get involved. Look at this verse. This is great. David says, and for all the work to be done by craftsmen, Gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver. Pay attention. Now, this is great, church. Who then will offer willingly? Who's in? Who'll be a part? Who'll give a couple bucks? Who'll, who'll sacrifice? Who'll make a sacrifice? Who'll be a part today? I love that. David was so pumped, he wasn't afraid to ask people to get involved. And so this morning, we're asking you to get involved. Get involved. That's what this is about. When you leave this morning, you're going to receive a, a, a very, you know, intentionally crafted little handout. And it's got the church budget for 2019, which basically covers our, our necessities, the things that we, how we operate. You'll be, I believe, greatly impressed by what you see we've done and how we've increased this year and all the blessings. You'll also receive a brochure. That brochure will be the way that you can understand a little bit more about this program. And as you open it, you're going to see, and you don't have one because I didn't want you to be looking at it early, right? You'll see that it all starts with this sermon. It says, January 27th, campaign begins. That's me. That's, that's Erica Pacey. I'm the, I'm the dude they said, hey, you know, share it from your heart, Pastor. You've been here 26 years. Just share it from your heart. And I did. And that's my, that's my, that's my, that was my, duty this morning, and I pray that God help me to do it in, in a way that would honor him and, and bless you. And so then, on February the 4th, you're going to notice there's 4th through the 11th, there's in-home gatherings. Now, what these gatherings are, I've got a copy here, what they are is they are, that's the place that we're going to be able to go and and get the real details. Like, okay, what are these 20 things? And and, 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 and what, what are they going to accomplish? And potentially, how much do they cost? We don't have all the details because there's a whole lot up in the air still. We're just talking about giving to something that we're not borrowing money, we're not giving to debt, and we're not giving to a down payment to do all this stuff to, to get it. Amen. All this is, is giving over the course of one year. One year. It's giving over the course of one year to set a goal to do all 20 projects. 
The goal would be 350000 to do everything cash. That's the goal. So you say, well, what if we don't get that? Then we do whatever we can do. Whatever we can do. It'd be great to do all of it, but it'd be good to do some of it. So we'll do whatever we can do. We may not start any of these projects until 2020, uh, March of 2020. We may be able to start some of them as we go, as the money comes in. But that's kind of the, that's some of the things you're going to learn at the in-home gatherings. It's going to be awesome. Lots of questions. If you are not called by Friday or notified by Friday, then you need to call the church because it, we, I'm apologizing now if for some reason we don't have your correct information. Let's say we don't have your correct phone number or email address or address or you've moved. It could be a number of things, but if you are a member of Gospel Light, you should be contacted by Friday and invited to an in-home gathering. And that's just going to be sponsored by the church. I'll be there. We're going to share, talk, have fun. No meal, just a little peanuts and mints and coffee and tea. That's it. You know, whatever. Maybe not even peanuts and mint, okay? And uh, we're just going to have a little fellowship. And the meetings are designed to go an hour and 15 minutes. That's it. So you don't have to contact me or the church before the 4th because that's the next thing. After the 11th, which is the last in-home gathering, we've got homes, Joe and Tiffany Capace, Jeff and Courtney Manthe, Dave and Sonia Chittam, Scott and Christy Mercer, Nathan and Denae Sellers, Vince and Diana Russo, Eric and Caroline Capace, Brent and Crystal Leach. If you are called and invited to go to one in-home gathering and you say, oh man, I can't go that night, then you've got seven other nights to choose from. So it should should be convenient for everybody. After those meetings are over, then we're going to open it up for individual coffee times with me at Capaches and let's hang out and talk if, if you want to talk about anything. But we think we can get most of it accomplished because it's pretty basic and it's just 20 projects that need to be done, you know. And that's going to be exciting. The next thing is Victory Sunday. That's February 24th. And that's the Sunday we come to church and we turn in our, our, our commitment cards for the year. And we just turn that in as a one-time gift, a, a, a weekly gift, a monthly gift. Prayerfully, that's the way most of us will do it. We'll kind of trust God to provide uh, in, in some ways and maybe look at potentially sacrificing throughout each week or selling something over the period of a year or however God leads you to do. And then we'll have First Fruits Sunday. And that's March. That's the first Sunday in March. And that's the week we'll give our first offering. And that's how it works. And it's all here. It's great information. And there's more stuff that you'll get in that pamphlet. Let me close with this. You know... I remember when we started this church. The worship team can start making their way up. I remember when we started our church. I want to tell you this really cool story. Let me go back to 1992, May. It's May of 92. We ain't got nothing. I mean, I don't even have a bank account in the Gospelite name. So I decide on a date to start the church, right? And I think, okay, if I start that Sunday, I got to go to church somewhere for five Sundays, right? So I, I went to Second Baptist. I went to like the Assembly of God Church. I went, I think, to the Lutheran Church. We just went to five different churches until we started our church. It was fun, actually. It was cool. I never have got to do that since, you know. It was just fun seeing how other people worship, you know. But on Wednesday nights, I had a meeting. And I would ask people to come to it throughout the week. Hey, would you come to my, we're having a meeting at my house. We're going to start a church. Well, the first meeting, I had 17 people there. And I took up an offering. I didn't have any plates. We didn't have nobody to buy a plate. So I just got me a bowl out of the cupboard, right? That's cool. 
And I passed the bowl around. I think we took up, I don't remember the exact amount. I think it might have been, honestly, about $75. I gave that, I appointed the treasurer, hopefully not Judas, I don't think it was. I appointed the treasurer, and and he went and started the account at the bank. 75 bucks, gospel-like. We're in, man. And then we took the next offering up. That next Wednesday, I got about, I don't know, 19 to 20 people. By the time the fifth Wednesday came around, I had gathered about, I think I got up to 28 people on, in, in, that, in that Wednesday night little prayer Bible study and an offering. Have you ever heard the joke? No Baptist ever meet without taking up an offering and eating a buffet. Okay. Now times have changed, okay? So we, we're leaving the buffet out these days, but we are including the offering. So we took the offering five Wednesdays in a row. And that's how Gospel Light started. I remember a lady by the name of Neva Swan. Neva is 80 years old. She's in my small group. She's been in our church for 26 years. Neva's husband was the first man I buried. He died a year after we started our church. First funeral I ever did was Charlie Swan. Neva's sitting there, and I asked her in our small group, I said, Neva, you remember that? Oh, yeah, preacher. You know, I was, we didn't have much money. But I remember every time you passed that little old bowl, I put money in. I'd put money. And I, I remember I remember giving and wondering, is this really going to happen? Is this really going to happen? Is he really going to start this church? Is this really going to, are we really going to have a place to worship? And she didn't know, is this, am I going to have a preacher to bury my husband? Are my kids going to be able to grow up here and have their kids? Marsha and others. But you know what? I want to thank Neva Swan. I say that illustration to say, Neva's never been wealthy, but she's always given. You see, it takes the widow women, it takes the children. By the way, every child's going to get a little bank. It's the coolest bank you've ever seen. It's, it's a church. And you, they're going to give their change. And we're going to have a Sunday where they can bring their banks to the altar. Won't that be cool? It's going to be fun. The kids are going to be a part. The widows are going to be a part. The business owners. Those that are out of a job are going to be a part. Those of us that, you know, uh, work at fast food places or, you know, whatever. Whatever. This is all of us. And we'll have a chance to invest in the house of God. Upgrade the facilities, renovate the campus, and hopefully have a place for future generations. Church, listen. You know me. I'm not fancy. I don't need smoke and lights. I'm not that kind of guy. They're fine. Whatever. But I'm not asking for smoke and lights here. I, I don't think you are either. But I do believe that we could represent Christ a little more excellent here if, if we made an effort to do that. So that's what we're doing. We're going to give it a shot. You know, obviously, if somebody today is looking for the latest and greatest children's ministry, they probably wouldn't come to Gospel Light right now because our facilities aren't the latest and the greatest. Their kids are going to get loved to death. But I would like to have better facilities for the kids to go to church. Amen. Because that's our future. So these are the things we're going to talk about. If you need to come and pray at the altar, you come. 